My name is Jennifer, and I'm the volunteer coordinator here at Grace, which means I get the joy of working with all of our amazing volunteers. If you joined us in person last week, I'm sure you noticed a difference. Last Sunday was our No Volunteer Sunday, and it was definitely different. We gave our volunteers the day off so that we can truly appreciate all that they do and be reminded of the impact they have on who we are as a church. To me, it didn't feel like the same place. The flavor of who we are was missing. Take a look at these photos and you'll see some of the differences. We start our Sundays with breakfast and a prayer huddle. As you can see, the circle is usually so big and full. And well, there it is, sad and lonely, no circle. Even though Derek did an amazing job making it fun and meaningful, it wasn't the same. Our volunteers make grace what it is. No greeters or ushers or guest services. No one running slides and lights and sound. I mean, seriously, Derek even ran his own slides. And poor Kara was up there singing all alone. There was no one in Grace Kids holding babies and telling stories or teaching. No one doing setup and breakdown of all of our supplies and our signs. We didn't even have a prayer wall. All the special touches were missing. The funny thing is that it was harder on our volunteers than it was on us. They love serving on Sundays, and it was really hard to talk them into taking a day off. I thought I was going to have to duct tape some of them to a seat. (laughs) That's because they know something I didn't when I first started coming to Grace. You might not know this, but every month we have a newcomer's lunch where I get to talk a little bit about what it's like to serve at Grace. And to do that, I tell a little of my own journey. It's funny. I've probably done this 50 or 60 times, but every time I still get nervous Because it's personal, even though I'm a pretty open person, sharing your story with strangers can be hard. And I want my words to be what people need to hear in that moment. I don't want it at all to feel like I'm just up there talking so we can get more volunteers. I want my story to be what someone might need to hear in that moment, that they will hear it and relate and take away a nugget that they really needed to hear from God that day. That is my hope for us today as well. So let's pray. Lord, please open our hearts, settle our minds, and give me the peace and the confidence to share the words you have put on my heart. Amen. During our time together this morning, we'll be talking about something that I think most or even all of us can relate to. The fact that we are all desperately seeking to be loved, and sometimes we don't even realize it. That search can be fun and exhilarating, but it can also be pretty painful and exhausting. I grew up in North Carolina going to church with my Nana and singing all the hymns. This little light of mine was my favorite. I also went to church with my grade school best friend, Her family took me every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, basically any time the church doors were open. (laughs) But as I got older, I became more interested in other things. 
And those other things were boys. I was also very interested in my friends, but definitely boys. This led to a marriage and a divorce by the time I was 25. That same year, I met John Claffey, who I immediately fell in love with, quit my job, and moved 400 miles away for. We got married, and over the next 16 years, we would create tons of wonderful memories, have a daughter named May, and go through a dream home renovation. Sounds glorious, right? Well, no relationship is perfect, and I certainly had its struggles. In September of 2013, my 16-year marriage hit a pretty dark place. I was unsure of what the future held for us. And, well, what do I do when I'm sad and scared? I have a party, of course. I had a party, and two of my friends came in and hugged each other. I didn't even know they knew each other. When I asked how, they said, we go to the same church. I had separately heard them each talk about grace for years. It was in that moment that I knew I needed to return to church and that I was going to need God to get me through whatever was coming. Because the God from my childhood was a God of rules and rights and wrongs. That God would help me figure out my next steps and how to explain to my husband why I was right and he was wrong. That night, I told John that May and I were going to go to church the next day. Sunday morning when we were about to leave, he came down the stairs and said, I'm going to join you. Now, you might assume I would be excited by this. However, it was the opposite. I don't know if you're familiar with Winnie the Pooh, but I'm more the Tigger of our relationship. And my husband, well, he's a little more like Eeyore. So now I was worried about experiencing this through his skeptical eyes instead of just having my own experience. Could I be more selfish? Well, as it turns out, yes, yes, I can be, but we'll get to that later. That first day at Grace, I was really nervous. I wanted to like this place so much. I wanted John and May to like it. I wanted the pastor to fix my husband and fix my marriage. But as we pulled into the parking lot and I saw the big bus saying, a church for people who don't go to church, I started to relax a little thought, oh, that's so cool. That's us. The greeters who welcomed us and the ushers who helped us find a seat and the volunteers and Grace Kids all made us not only feel welcome, but cared for. May went from a kid who had to be peeled off of me to one that couldn't wait to come back to church. All those things made me want to keep coming back. And as we came every Sunday, week after week, month after month, and I listened to the sermons and tears ran down my face, I realized for the first time in my life that the love I had so desperately been seeking was there all along. That I had misunderstood the God from my childhood of rules and rights and wrongs. I didn't need God to fix my marriage. I needed God to fix my heart. I needed to let him in. I needed to let him love us both. The love of God is what I had been seeking. I remember one of those first sermons was on Matthew 7, 3, 5, which says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? 
First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This was eye-opening for me. Remember earlier when I said, can I be more selfish? Well, here it is. I was so busy focusing on the things I wanted to change in my husband that I didn't even see my own plank, especially the fact that I had put so much of my own worth and value on the state of our relationship. That's a lot of pressure and responsibility to put on another human. My level of joy and happiness completely depended on the level of connection or disconnection we were having. Matthew 5, 13 through 17 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Let's stop here for a second. I had let the state of my marriage suck all the flavor out of my salt. Have you ever done this? Have you ever felt like this? Do you find yourself just going through the motions in life? Well, salt is a flavor enhancer. It's used to bring out the best, like bringing out the best in others. My poor husband was not getting this from me. I was dousing everything in pepper and bringing out the worst. Okay, let's continue our scripture. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. My light was definitely not shining on my husband or on others. That first year at Grace, I just needed to come in and sit down and listen and learn about God's love. I needed to heal. I needed to put on my own oxygen mask first before assisting others. I remember my mom saying, you need to get your joy back. You need to let your light shine. So I joined a community group. I started studying the Bible and I started desperately seeking God. I looked for him everywhere and in everything. I started every day asking him to please show me his glory. And he did. Now, you might not know this about me, but I really like to think of God as kind of a show-off. One of my favorite God show-off moments was through my mom telling me to watch the movie War Room. In the movie, a woman's marriage is falling apart, and she stops reacting and starts praying for her husband in her war room, which was really just a closet. So by the next day, I've been to Home Goods and turned a basement closet into my war room because, well, you know, it had to be pretty. There it is. I started every day in there, deep in prayer for my husband and my marriage, even when I was mad and hurting. I remembered learning in one of Pastor John's sermons the importance of quiet alone time with God first thing in the morning. I was not a morning person, so this sounded unlikely for me. <laughs> but remember, I like to think of God as a show-off. So before I went to sleep at night, I would pray, God, please wake me up so we can spend time together in the morning. And he did it. No alarm clock or anything. 
That time together is the most precious, life-giving time. That's where I got my joy back. And that's where my light started to shine again by desperately seeking the love of God. Another God show-off moment came from the Harris Teeter parking lot of all places. <laughs> it was a few days before Thanksgiving and I was swamped getting ready for house guest. Not the cooking because my husband does all the cooking at our house. As I was about to get out of the car, Desperado by the Eagles came on. Now, this is a song I would never turn off because it reminds me of my dad, us listening to the Eagles on an eight track in the boat while we were fishing. But this time, the song was different. A stillness came over me that I had never felt before. It was like I had been poured into that seat. As every line was sung, I heard God's translations to me. I immediately came home and wrote it down. I never wanted to forget it. It's funny how once you come out of crisis mode and life starts to feel normal, you can forget such a powerful thing. It wasn't until I started working on this sermon that I remembered that moment. As I dug through my journals to find the notes and I read it all over again, I was flooded with tears and emotions just remembering that feeling. I would like to share it with you, but I'm going to need a little help. So I've asked Kara to join me. Feel free to close your eyes and listen if you want. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long now. My child, this is God. Please hear me. Oh, you're a hard one I know that you've got your reasons These things that are pleasing you Can hurt you somehow I know you're hurting, but I'm with you You think you can't do it But with my help, you can My way will free you from your suffering Don't you draw the queen You know the queen of hearts is always your best bet. The devil is prowling like a lion. His whispers are lies, but I am the truth and the light. Now it seems to me some fine things have been laid upon your table. But you only want the ones that you can get. You've seen the proof of my love for you, proof of the freedom I provide, but you still want things your way. Desperado, oh, you ain't getting no younger. Your pain and your hunger, they're driving you home. My child, life is precious. I am your refuge. Come to me. Some people talking Your prison is walking through This world all alone You're not alone My spirit is in you 
and I walk beside you. Take my hand. Don't you think it cold in the winter time? The sky won't snow and the sun won't shine. It's hard to tell in the nighttime from the day. I know you're exhausted and tired of fighting the same old fight. Come to me when you're weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. When you feel lost, take time to stop and talk to me. And you're losing all your highs and lows. Ain't it funny how the feeling goes away? These earthly pleasures are only temporary, but I am eternal life. Desperado. Why don't you come to your senses? Come down from your fences. Open the gate. It may be raining, but there's a rainbow above you. My child, please hear me. There is no temptation you can't overcome because I always provide a way out. When it feels like your world is crashing in around you, rest in my love for you. You better let somebody love you. Oh, you better let somebody love you. Before it's too late. Trust in the plans I have for you, for you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you believe God loves us that much? This is the love we are so desperately seeking. And that's the love he wants us to share with others. That's the salt and light he calls us to be for each other. After this God moment in the parking lot, I was so full of this love that I couldn't help myself. I just wanted to love him back. I had been going to Grace for about a year. So I finally reached out to Derek about ways I could get involved. I so badly wanted to give back to this place that was having such a huge impact on my life and my family. I wanted to serve God. I wanted to serve God at grace. I remember back to that first day and all the people who made our experience so wonderful. All those volunteers shining their light and spreading their salt. They spent a small amount of their precious time to make a huge difference in bringing me closer to Christ. To our amazing volunteers, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for sharing Christ's love with me and everyone who walks through our doors. You changed my life and the lives of countless others. You might think you're just simply setting up a classroom or holding a door open with a smile, but it is so much more. You are the ambassadors of salt and light. Remember in the beginning when I said our volunteers knew something that I didn't? Well, here it is. 
they know the way their own lives have been changed through serving others. They know the joy and the value of letting their lights shine for others' path. Isaiah 6, 8 says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. When I started saying, send me to the opportunities God was putting in front of me, my relationship with him grew even closer. What is God saying to you today? What has he put on your heart? Let's pray. Jesus, your word says that you did not come from heaven to do your own will but to do the will of him who sent you. I'm asking today that you help us to do the same, to see our mission on earth as clearly as you do, to be the salt and the light that will bring others closer to you. Amen.